0: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
1: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan for your UNC football recruiting update. Don, first off, man, did uh, your kids get out, out of school today? We're recording this on a Monday and there is yet again terrible weather coming through North Carolina. So, you know, did that impact you yet?
0: Yes, yes. So, um my my situation, my household is a little bit different. My son's actually in year round school, so he was already off to today he's he's tracked out this week and my daughter is um in traditional school. She will actually go to year round next year and they'll be in the same school, so we don't have to deal with the the juggling. But anyway, so she got out of school um 3 hours early for what looks like to me just a bunch of rain. I actually <laughs> Drove. <laughs> I actually drove to to Clayton High School, and I'll have a story sometime on Tuesday. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, now again, if you listen to this as soon as it gets posted, I might not have the story up. But um, if you listen to this, you know later on in the week, I would I will have the uh, a story up on uh, Savion Jackson, who's a big target for North Carolina. But anyway, my whole reason why I'm bringing that up is that the uh, my trip there and back, I was able to experience just this horrendous weather quote unquote it was really to me and i drove down 40 and all that sort of stuff it was just a whole lot of uh rain i didn't i didn't feel like i was slipping and on the on the ride home there was hardly any rain to be honest now it's 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 pouring pretty pretty well right now what about you i mean you're further north than i am so i'm assuming that you got hit a little bit harder than or are getting hit a little bit harder than i am yeah
1: i think it's it's mostly worse around the virginia border which is where i work at Like I've seen some photos of people, you know, that have been posting stuff like north of Greensboro and around like the Danville area. And it looks like it was more serious there. But for the rest of the place, yeah, I think it was just more precautionary because it's just rain. But, hey, you know, this is the south. People freak out whenever there's a quarter inch of snow and we have to cancel school if there's a threat of ice. So, you know. Yeah, which is crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is crazy because I grew up in Philadelphia and. Uh, A lot Uh of people, yeah, a lot of people who were up there, they're like, "Man, you guys, just for the threat of snow." I mean, I remember we would have like a foot of snow and have a two-hour delay. You know, so (laughs) we would never get out of school or have a delay or anything just because they thought it was going to snow. Yeah, Yeah, because you get a lot of, you know, thinking it's going to snow and nothing happens sort of situations. But anyway.
1: You gotta be careful, Don. You're you're letting your inner Yankee slip out a little bit on this podcast. You know, I, mean, I think most of our listener base well, is in North I, Carolina.
0: I do, I do get it because the uh, you know up north obviously is better equipped to handle any sort of um, snowy weather or, or, or icy weather or whatever. There's not a whole lot of um, plows down here, depending on what what town you live in. So I get it, but um, yeah, people just go crazy. I bet uh, I bet Walmart has is <laughs> all out of bread and water right now.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, because bread's so, you know, it <laughs> keeps for forever, but yeah. whatever. Anyways, well, I guess enough of that then, Don, What I wanted to talk with you about though today is you have been hard at work on the Inside Carolina Premium Tar Pit Message Board posting your breakdowns, and for those who haven't seen it yet, Don has been posting a kind of recruiting preview slash breakdown for every single position for the 2019 class and if you want to read those articles, they are available on the premium tar pit message board, but we're just going to do a quick preview of them. And for this week, where we will be talking about the defensive side. I figured Don, you know, since it is spring break, there's no football practices. And I think the coaches are actually maybe, you know, getting to know their families again. Uh, I figured we could do defense this week and offense next week. How does that sound to you? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So then starting with the defensive side, the position that I wanted to begin talking about is linebacker. And that's because there was the story that came out regarding Quaverus Crouch, the five-star running back slash linebacker out of North Carolina. And it looks like, Don, that UNC is going to be recruiting him at the linebacker position and not running back. Is that kind of the sense that you're getting right now in his recruitment?
0: Yeah, and I think that North Carolina has no other choice but to do that. And it's funny because we, you know, in our breakdowns, we actually go a little bit more in depth about Cavarz Crouch's recruitment and his situation in the running back um, breakdown, and that's only because the news about him focusing, or yeah, him, well, as it pertains North Carolina focusing on linebacker kind of came out while I was writing up those breakdowns and so I kind of had to do a little bit of a u-turn and throw him in with the linebackers but had already um, had the running back breakdown already written up so I just kind of kept it as is figured people would understand but um, we talked about I think at least the last couple of podcasts we talked about the story I did with um, Quavaris Crouch is actually a a fair a fairly lengthy Uh, interview i had with both um and his head football coach he's going to have a major um i guess guiding force for uh, kovaris when it comes to making a decision because uh coach griner at harding high school is uh it's kind of a father figure to a lot of the players there just because of uh where a lot of these kids kind of come from in that area of charlotte but yeah. um but anyway you know he's been saying for a long time that he wasn't really thrilled with north carolina's offense as you know particularly for a running back felt like he was more suited or better suited for a an offense that that runs more of a power system and so the i guess the answer to that as far as north carolina is concerned is the the linebacker position and it just worked out well for North Carolina the timing wise because Crouch has actually started to kind of open up and think that this is going to be a better situation for me he's had people who are close to him kind of tell him hey you're you're going to have a longer career if you play linebacker as opposed to running back so yes so I think he's of the rare situation in particularly with this class where it uh, we could just we could really just kind of throw him on every single position not that he could play all these positions but he's just such a a, a tremendous um physical player that you know you just take him and just kind of figure things out later as far as uh, the position is concerned you know he if he were to commit to North Carolina today and obviously right now today the odds of that happening aren't great but if he were <laughs> North Carolina would still kind of continue on with their running back and linebacker recruitments just because he's just an athlete and you just want him on on your, your roster and then you figure things out from there.
1: Yeah, and when you're talking about the linebacker position, specifically when the 2019 kids are going to be on campus, so that would be the actual season 2019 into 2020. Carolina's linebacker death chart, I don't think it's nearly as, you know, you could I guess formidable would be a term, but there's not as many guys there that would stand in the way of early playing time, because from what I'm looking at, there's only going to be two seniors, Dominique Ross and Jonathan Smith. And really Jonathan Smith is the only one of those two that has kind of earned a steady amount of playing time. So that could be a selling point, not just for Crouch, but for some other linebackers in that 2019 recruiting class.
0: Yeah, and that's what the coaches have been really selling—not only with this class, but the prior class. And you know, but the thing I'll, I'll kind of throw in there is that even though Fedora's base defense—it's not really even his defense—but the base defense in North Carolina has been employing is a four-three. But nowadays, with the you know offenses playing more three and four wide receiver sets, defenses are basically you know, in, in a nickel majority of the time, you know, I th- I think I saw some sort of statistic that said, you know, over 70 or 70% of the time they're in at least a nickel, if not a dime, you coverage. So, so really what that means is that linebackers for the most part, there's only two on the field at the same time for the most part. So, Yeah, there's there's definitely a need at North North Carolina for linebackers, but it's not as dire as it might look if North Carolina were consistently running the four three, um, like you know maybe maybe a few years ago. Well, who
1: are some other names that the Tar Heel staff has kind of focused on at that linebacker position? Obviously, Crouch, who we've talked about. I think another one is I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but Um Ekwonu out of Charlotte.
0: Is that close? Osita Equano. Equano. Okay. Yes, and he's an interesting guy because a couple months ago he had a handful of offers and he was actually felt like he was kind of getting close to uh, to kind of figuring things out with his recruitment and then he just blew up. And North Carolina was um, one of the schools that actually offered him on this one day where he, he received like... Can't remember how, what the what the exact number was, but he received a lot of, a lot of uh, scholarship offers. I think he actually doubled his his count that one day alone. Um, so now he's just completely just um, you know a little bit in shock and just trying to to regain a grasp on his recruitment and wants to research things. But yeah, he's definitely a player to watch out for and definitely a, a player that North Carolina is high on. Another guy I'm going to throw out there since you, since you asked is uh Derek Boykins, and he's a guy who has received a whole lot of media attention. I believe that Inside Carolina is the only um, publication that has done a uh, story on him, um, unless I've missed something within the last week or so. But I I went to his school a few weeks ago, sat down with him, sat down with his coach, and did a story, took some photos and that sort of thing. in in North Carolina was another situation. North Carolina offered him. And since then, he's just piling on the offers. And and literally, when I posted the story, it's a really kind of unique story if you want to definitely check it out, because he's definitely kind of in the really, really early stages of his recruitment. But I posted a story, and a couple of hours later, um, it was tweeted out that he received another offer. So, I mean, he's another <laughs> one to kind of keep your eye on. And I, I I suspect that the media attention will catch up to him eventually. But there's a bunch of other guys on here, too, that North Carolina is looking at. You know, Will Connor is a, is a kid from Alabama who typically North Carolina might not have the greatest chance with, but he actually visited a, about a month or so ago, and primarily because his position coach at his high school um, actually was coached by Mike Eckler, who, as everybody knows, is North Carolina's linebackers coach. And I got an opportunity to talk to that coach, uh, uh, Jake Gannis, and he credits uh, Coach Eckler for the reason why he's he's coaching today, uh, because you know he just, I guess, gave him a love for the game and, and a love for the teaching side of the game. And now he's at a Alabama high school and and has a, a bright coaching career ahead of him. Well, that's
1: certainly a good kind of branch of the coaching tree that I'm glad Carolina has. And you know, as we mentioned. You go into a little bit more depth on the articles, Don, so I wanted to encourage everybody again, check out the full scoop on the Tarpet Premium Message Board to kind of you know, get a little bit of a sense of where UNC might stand with some of these guys, and that's going to be true for all of these positions, and let's move on now to the defensive line spot because I think that's a group where you know UNC can kind of be a little bit more selective, but I almost feel that it's a good year to be selective because there are a ton of highly ranked defensive line prospects just in, in North Carolina's backyard.
0: Yeah. And that's going to be the story of, of this class for, for this uh, position because of, um, you know, North Carolina has offered out of state guys and they will recruit those guys. But the goal, particularly early on is to, is to land these in-state guys. There are five in-state defensive linemen that are among the best in the nation, definitely within the region. Um, so you know, UNC's focus is going to be on those guys. You have Savion Jackson, who I talked about um, you know, a couple minutes ago. He's a four-star defensive lineman out of Clayton High School. You have Christian Rory, who's a uh, defensive lineman out of uh, Inlow High School in Raleigh. You have C.J. Clark, who's a defensive tackle from uh, North Stanley, um, who – Has made a bunch of visits already this this offseason. North Carolina feels really good about him. We've done we've done a couple stories on him, and and uh, um, I actually talked to him right after he made his most recent visit, was for a basketball game, and he had some really positive things to say about North Carolina. But he's a kid who, you know, Georgia wants him, Alabama has offered him, Um, so it's North Carolina is in a really good position with him. Uh, Four star defensive tackle Joshua Harris from act from Person High School, which is. So an area that you're familiar with, John, right?
1: Yep. That's the area where I work at. So, (laughs) you know, Person County for those that that may not know is not that big of a area in terms of population, but they they got a four-star kid and he looks like he's going to be the real deal.
0: Yeah. And the last guy is Jaden McKenzie, who surprisingly is kind of a little bit, I guess, uh, doesn't get as much attention as the other guys, but I mean, I think he's, you know, he's definitely belongs in the same, um, same conversation with these guys and he's a he's a guy who comes from wake forest high school that has produced a ton of of great linemen great defensive players period uh north carolina signed one of them two years ago in zach gill and and then um signed a safety or defensive back in uh javon terry this past class and and also um Devin Lawrence, a running back from Wake Forest, but Wake Forest has been producing kids every single year. And McKenzie is, uh, is this year's guy from uh, Wake Forest high school. So let me ask you
1: this, Don, obviously the names that you mentioned are very highly rated, but the odds say they're not going to sign all of those guys. How many defensive line prospects do you think the staff is really looking at for this 2019 class?
0: Well, I think in an ideal scenario, they're going to try to sign 3 um that just kind of works um to kind of add the the the, de- the amount of depth that they want at the position. So, I mean, I I think I got asked a question, that would North Carolina sign all 5. And, you know, I always get these hypotheticals and um it's always kind of, I guess I'll get a little unnecessarily frustrated when I get them because the odds of all five wanting to come to North Carolina are slim to none. And, you know, situations like that rarely end up coming to fruition, especially in this situation where you have Savion Jackson, North Carolina is really battling it out with some national powers, plus NC State. And then uh, you have guys like, uh, you know, Christian Rory, who has flat out said that NC State is his leader. So. North Carolina is still battling with, with all these kids. I mean, they're in a great spot with, with, with CJ Clark. They're in a great spot with uh, Jaden McKenzie, you know, and they're, and they're really battling it out too with uh, Joshua Harris. And the crazy thing that we haven't even talked about, and that's, that's my, my mistake is UNC actually has a commitment already for this, for the defensive line, for this class. That's yep. uh Hakeem Beeman, who's been committed since um he I think he he attended the freak show and I think it was like a day or two later. I think I actually, no it, it was the next day, because it was on Father's Day that uh he committed to uh to North Carolina. But the thing with him is again, North Carolina is battling because he was recently offered by Penn State in Alabama and has actually made a a, a large amount of uh visits to other schools considering that he's committed to North Carolina. Um, so there's a lot of battling here and you know, really if, if you're just playing the odds for North Carolina to land three out of the five is, is really not all that great. I mean, I think North Carolina w- would be um, lucky to land two and then, and then, and then snags a, a guy out of state.
1: We will certainly see how that breakdown goes. And I agree with you, Don. I think people kind of just look at all those names and think, man, let's just land all of them. But historically that just doesn't happen let's just go ahead and take our commercial break though real quick when we get back we'll wrap up the defensive breakdown talking about the secondary and then special teams so we will be right back after this and today guys i wanted to talk with everyone about shaving such a fun topic i know but if you are one of those guys that uses your razor way past the time when you're supposed to I know I am just so hesitant to throw out blades because I think I can get another one or two shaves out of them, and it can lead to skin irritation. You know, you start cutting up your face in a way that's just not good for anyone. But fortunately for us, there is Harry's. Harry's is a razor company that takes away the guesswork. They provide high-quality razor blades at a great price, and they actually send you the blades on a set schedule so you know when it's time to switch so harry's is a great shave at a fair price over three million people have switched over to harry's it was initially started by jeff and andy two ordinary regular guys that got fed up with being charged an arm and a leg by the big razor brand companies so they purchased their own razor blade producing factory in germany that churns out high quality blades and by eliminating the middleman, they're able to provide them to their customers at a great price. They are so confident that you are going to love their blades. They're willing to give the listeners of the Inside Carolina podcast a trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash There is no obligation, and the only thing that you pay for is shipping. So, again, to get your free trial offer from Harry's, which is a $13 value for free, you just need to go to harrys.com slash inside carolina. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade on the back, a rich lathering shave gel, which I love personally, and a travel blade cover. So again, to get that free trial set, go to harrys.com slash inside carolina right now. That's harrys.com slash inside carolina. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan, breaking down the positions that the staff is recruiting for the 2019 class, focusing on the defensive side of the ball for this week. And, Don, we've already hit the linebackers and the the defensive line, so the next group is going to be the secondary. And this is a group that has a pretty deep depth chart right now, really. So I'm kind of curious to hear about which kind of guys the staff is going after because it seems to me like this might be a year where the staff kind of swings to the fences and sees what happens.
0: Yeah. Well, this position more than any other position is the most fluid as far as what could possibly happen, who they're going to target, how many they're going to target, all that sort of stuff. And to further complicate the situation. And I guess staying is it complicates the situation Probably isn't the um, the best word to use, but UNC actually has two commits for the position: Jaden Curry, a um, a a cornerback who transferred to IMG Academy prior to this past season, and then Coleman Reich, who plays at Ledford High School. Both of those guys came to camp at North Carolina and shortly thereafter verbally committed to uh, to UNC. So, but what really causes the I guess uh, unsettlement is the fact that UNC has two coaches coaching the secondary and both of them are new to the staff and both of them don't have a great grasp at what they have and what they're going to need as far as you know what positions and as far as um, how many and as we talked about earlier about the nickelback position being this uh, I guess in vogue position so you have Nickelback, obviously, that North Carolina is going to, to recruit for. You have Cornerback, and then you have Safety. And I guess you could probably break down Safety into Strong and, and Free, but in reality, they're kind of interchangeable nowadays. So so anyway, so basically both coaches, Coach uh, Henry Baker and Coach Tommy Thigpen, have to figure out what they need, how many, and that sort of thing. And then also kind of figure out where Jaden Curry and Coleman Wright kind of fit into the plans um, and so that's going to probably not be figured out until after the spring. And it's a very similar similar situation that Terry Joseph was in. If for those who remember last class, uh, Joseph didn't really kind of go hard on defensive backs until after the spring. And then boom, 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 landed a bunch of commitments. And by the end of the freak show was completely full at his position.
1: I agree with you that that's going to be something to definitely keep eyes on because Tommy Thigpen especially you know he's kind of got that that reputation as being a really good recruiter. He is going to take a look at the recruiting board because I'm sure it's going to look different compared to what he may envision for this defense as opposed to what the prior position coaches had.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean because everyone has different th- things that they're looking for. In a prospect, really at any position, but definitely at the DB position, because some guys um, favor speed, some guys like length, some guys like a mixture of the two. Some guys want their DBs to be physical and contribute and run support. Some guys want to be able to throw their guy out on on an, an island and lock down a particular receiver. So it's it's all going to depend on what what these two coaches want and what they already have on the roster. And and as I said, that's being determined basically as we speak, although I guess they're taking a little bit of a break during spring break to, to kind yeah. of work on that sort of stuff.
1: That's going to be one of the positions that I think will be the most interesting to follow just from a sheer what's going to happen perspective. And, you know, some of the names that, that you mentioned are in that four-star mold for safeties. And I think there's a few guys that are in kind of Carolina's normal regional recruiting footprint too.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's actually a, a lot of different directions that UNC can go. You know, there's actually a guy that we're going to run a story on later on this week, uh, Tony Davis, who is actually committed to Duke and has been committed to Duke since, um, since December, I believe. And uh, a couple weeks ago, he received an offer from North Carolina, and he actually grew up a UNC fan, and he, he lives in uh, Gastonia, and where he lives, there's a lot of pro-UNC influences in that in that area. So I think North Carolina is going to be a, a player in his recruitment, even though he's been committed to Duke for a few months. Um, another guy that that is recently offered that I would keep an eye on that we actually ran a story on on Monday is Jalen Frazier from Huff High School, which has actually produced a lot of really good DBs in recent years, including Corey Bell, who's currently on North Carolina's roster, and a couple of other other guys also that, that North Carolina recruited but ended up elsewhere. Uh, but he's a guy who fits perfectly the mold of a nickelback for North Carolina's uh, defense. And uh, I mean, he's already visited North Carolina, already says North Carolina is in his uh, top five. But if you want to learn more about Frazier, I definitely urge everybody to. Read the story that we we published on on Monday. It gives a full breakdown of what's going on and the type of player that that Fraser is. But there's a bunch of other guys in there that are worth kind of tracking for sure. Shaheem Battle is a kid that from Rocky Mount High School um, is a kid that is really starting to blow up in North Carolina. Was among the schools in that wave of of new offers for him. Um, he's another kid that grew up a UNC fan uh, from an, a very pro UNC area, and so North Carolina will definitely be a a factor in his recruitment, also. Were there any guys that jumped out off the page for you? Yeah, one of the names that that jumped out to me was J.R.
1: Walker. He's a four-star safety that's local here in North Carolina. I'm not sure, you know, what interest he has in Carolina, but it sounds as if the staff is going to take a good hard look at him and really just try to get him on campus as much as they can.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a kid who's a, an unbelievable athlete. You're not going to see a whole lot of defensive. Back stuff from him in high school just because he plays at a smaller school and it's actually um, I think I believe they're two-way but they're they're like a two-way powerhouse where they they always make it deep in the playoffs if not challenge for the championship and they have a lot of really good players on their team including J.R. Walker and he's probably the best one if, if you if you ask me but um there's a lot of stuff offensively he's one of those kids that that you can just watch and just see the athleticism and just feel like, okay, this is this is going to be a good player. And he just has those natural tools w- which will fit um, in the secondary for sure. And he's he's definitely a kid high on North Carolina's uh, recruiting board. It's it's just going to be difficult because with all the coaching turnover, some other schools have really kind of um, moved out in front with him, particularly NC State, which has been able to get him on campus a bunch uh, this offseason. And the last time he visited North Carolina was during the season.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple other tidbits that you mentioned there in the article, but I'm still keeping my eye on him. And let's go ahead and wrap this one up, Don, with the breakdown of the specialist positions, because there is going to be so much turnover at the specialist spot for the 2019 class, especially with the departure of Tom Sheldon at Ponter. And isn't Isn't Carolina short on long snappers, too? I think I remember seeing that.
0: Yeah, this season, North Carolina will have two long snappers on scholarship. Both of them, though, run out of eligibility after the season. So, um, you know, North Carolina has kind of known the situation for a long time and really kind of zeroed in on um, Drew Little, who's actually the number three long snapper in the nation and happens to live... I don't know less than two hours away from Chapel Hill but NC State was very aggressive with uh, offering him you know typically you don't offer specialist any earlier than uh, the the offseason prior to their senior year but NC State jumped on him I believe it was during the summer and then in July he actually committed to NC state but that didn't stop him from making a bunch of visits we actually are we actually have a story up on on Drew Little on our website that we posted on Monday, Monday afternoon. So I urge everyone to kind of read that, to kind of hear from him, just where he's at with his recruitment, because, um, you know, I, I know everybody's not all that big on long snappers, but uh, he's one of the best, and his recruitment, you know, I think will will take some uh, interesting twists, even though he's, uh, he's still firmly, quote-unquote, firmly committed to NC State.
1: And then what about punting? Because like I said, with Tom Sheldon leaving, that opens up a huge void because I believe the only punter on the roster right now is the walk-on Hunter Lint,
0: right? Yes, yes. And he's a senior. So I think he'll do a great job this season because he did a great job last season when when Sheldon was injured. I um, mean, I think even he—he he even punted. Someone Sheldon wasn't injured, and he actually had some good numbers. Um, so he'll do a good job this season, but that doesn't help w- with the 2019 season, which is really what you're looking for when it comes to sign, signees, w- where you're looking for them to kind of contribute. And really, to be honest with you. I don't have a whole lot of like solid, I guess, um, explanations and answers for this. I even spoke to a source this morning who said that um, staff really didn't know what they were going to do. There was some talk of maybe even looking at some transfers. But, you know, there's they're, they're going to definitely bring in some preferred walk-ons that are going to be on campus uh, this summer. So obviously, maybe one of those guys kind of emerges as a as a legitimate uh, punter, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happens. Now that's not in the, that's not in the, the plans right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happens as far as, you know, punter being offered or someone, someone uh, transferring in, because I think you do, you do have to take care of that situation in some way um, other than the preferred walk on route, unless just somebody just completely blows you away with one of the guys that are coming in now. And then close us out, Don,
1: with the kicker position. Carolina will have Noah Ruggles, who I believe is on scholarship now, uh, who will replace Freeman Jones, who graduates after this year. Do you think that Ruggles will remain the only scholarship kicker, or do you think that the staff may also try to bring in someone at that spot?
0: Well, Ruggles actually could be the answer at punter, and so then it puts you in an interesting situation. I, you know, this is probably a better question for Greg because he actually sees practice or, or buck. But um, you know if Ruggles... I don't know how Ruggles has looked in, in practice as far as being a kicker and if he is even getting any sort of reps as a punter. But there has been some conversation of using him as a punter. I think that if he has proven to be a good kicker for North Carolina in practice, UNC probably won't um, go after any kickers. But if they feel like that he is is going to be the answer at punter and they feel like maybe he's you know he's not doing such a good job as a ki- as a kicker then maybe UNC kind of offers a kicker and or bring brings in a kicker as a, as a transfer or something along those lines
1: so kind of a see what you got and then make a move from there basically right
0: yeah 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 and before we wrap this up what i want to i want to say one last thing about the the breakdowns you know we posted one a day the past two weeks almost one a day the the past uh two weeks later on this afternoon so by the time you listen to this it should be up um we're gonna we'll post like an index so that you can go back and go by position by position if you missed it so i urge everybody to read the entire um all the positions that that we we broke down and then obviously you'll be prepared for next week when john and i break down the the offensive side of the ball with the position breakdowns
1: yeah, Don put a lot of work into these, so you know, give him a click people, read it and because I I'll tell you this, you won't find better information on, on on UNC football recruiting anywhere else. I mean, you know, we basically chained Don into his car and make him drive around the entire state, you know, 365. <laughs> so that's how it yeah, works, well, right?
0: Yeah, at least they uh, allow me to, to pick up some fast food along the way
1: every now and then. All <laughs> right, buddy. Well, hey Don, thanks again, man. And and like you mentioned, we will be discussing the offensive breakdown next week, so stay tuned for that. But until then, everyone, have a good one. If you are driving today and the weather is bad where you live, please drive safe. And from everyone here at Inside Carolina, we'll talk with you again soon.
0: Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.